0: Bucks. never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's e. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 a.m. The fan uh, from a mystery location in the state of Wisconsin. Even if I told you where it was, you wouldn't know. I'll tell you. It, it's in Harrisville, Wisconsin is where I am right now. Harrisville, Wisconsin uh, is off Highway 39, like heading towards Stevens Point. Uh, it's a body of water, a bar, a tractor pull yard, uh, a little building for like, uh, get togethers and that's the extent of it. And a uh, few houses and so forth. And, uh, not very big at all. Nathan Marzion from the the cozy comfort of his brother's bedroom, uh, with the fear of the deer flag, just returning from the Brewers Cubs game that he just witnessed, uh, the Cubs lose. Uh, how, how was the game? I, I mean, I know you're a Cubs fan, but outside of them losing, how was the game?
1: It was fun. It was fun. Always, always a good time to, to go to those games and, um, good to have a little bit of rivalry between the fans it's not i feel like cubs fans aren't quite as obnoxious now that we're not as good you know 25th 2015 to 18 range i'm sure you know i went to some of those games like, they were pretty obnoxious and, yeah you know just were there as many
0: were there a lot there today i was i yeah. did get to watch the game nice.
1: yeah it was i would. I mean it was probably anywhere between 40 and 60 percent somewhere in there like it was about half and half could have been more cubs fans could have been a little bit more i'm not really sure but um yeah i mean it was a good time and everyone seemed to be pretty respectful towards each other. And we kind of both acknowledge that like neither one of us have the greatest team. It's just kind of a fun team, fun rivalry at this point, but yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, no doubt. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Okay. So uh, let's talk about the Milwaukee bucks. We've not talked uh, since free agency open. Uh, So let's catch up uh, quickly here on the green and growing podcast, which by the way, you can download anywhere that you would like uh, on the odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at, And of course uh, also the odyssey sports YouTube page Uh, we are live streaming right now on the odyssey sports YouTube page. Uh, as we speak, if you want to head over there and uh, check out the videos, we're doing this. Feel free. Uh, okay, Nathan Marzion, Uh First things first. Uh, Chris Middleton's numbers not exactly like you had predicted in the previous Green and Growing podcast. Uh, a little bit more expensive uh, for Chris Middleton than originally thought.
1: Um, I mean, it, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's it's not very far off. I I was predicting the whole time four for one thirty, which is about thirty two and a half million per year, and he comes in at three for one oh two, which is thirty four million per year. So not not very far off of what I was expecting. And his his salary this year is expected to be around thirty one point five million. So that's about nine million less than he could have had by just accepting his player option. So taking a nine million dollar pay cut this year, which helped us sign Brooke, and you know he'll get paid a little bit more as we uh as we go along here. I'm guessing Chris's contract will go something like thirty one point five, thirty four, and then like thirty six point five. Um And so, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with it. And when we get to the Brooke contract too, we'll talk about that as well. But Chris is going to be paid next year about, he's going to be about the 40th to 45th highest paid player in the league. That to me is completely fair because at his best, yeah. Yeah. And that's what what you have to look at. You can't just look at the number because the numbers have changed. The numbers don't mean the same that they mean that they meant five, even, you know, five years ago, let alone 10, let alone 15, you know, People look at Chris Milton getting 34 million dollars and that seems like a ton. But it's not as much when you see that the best best guys are making 50 to 60 million. And so all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, you know, that you know, again, when you look at where he's actually ranked in the league in terms of getting paid, it's not that bad." And um you know, when the choices are either pay him or he you lose him for nothing, it makes it even more of a fine deal because it's like, "Okay, you're paying the dude Like the 40th best player when really if they had to they would have paid him like the 20th best player because they didn't really have a choice But they're getting him for the 40th if he's at his best He's a top 25 30 player in the league even if he falls off a little bit and is only a 15 something point per game guy You know and isn't just isn't quite the same player Okay, well number one you can still trade him it's better than you know you, you it's better than losing him for nothing and then you lose right. the ability to trade him later you just lose the asset and get yeah, number 2 even having 15 points a game someone that does that is better than not having that player at all and just oh we'll save the money so it's like even if chris is playing like the 60th best player and we're paying him like the 40th and you're like okay he's a little bit overpaid for what he's giving you it's still better than not having that at all and so right. and and that's at the that seems like a very close to worst case scenario of him playing pretty poorly or something like that. Like The only way this really ends up being like a terrible contract is if he falls off completely or if he has, knock on wood, some, you know, injury that really he doesn't play from, like like let alone play and play a little bit worse. If there's an injury where he misses two years or something or a whole year, okay, then that's a different story. But obviously you can't predict that to happen. And I just, I don't know. There's really, can't have too many complaints about this. And I'm I'm happy he took a pay cut for this year.
0: Let's talk about one other thing in the room here. Uh, The fact that that third year is an option. Right. So really, it's really it's two years. And it's something to kind of behold here, because now let's get to the Brook Lopez deal uh, and talk about his deal. He definitely took more money than I think Bucks fans were thinking he was going to take. And I'll be honest with you. I was getting a little nervous. (laughs) I was getting a little bit nervous because I thought that deal would have got done right away with Middleton. Uh, And the longer that went. The more concerned I got that, man, maybe Houston is going to sneak and to get this due to the Rockets and they're going to lose him. And in my mind, I'm going, OK, well, I mean, Griffin and Nick Nurse, they were without a center and they still were pretty good defensively. And, and maybe this was part of the sell from Griffin was, hey, look, if we lose him, we can still compete defensively. We'll still be OK. Don't worry about it. Maybe that was part of the pitch of when they got him that they didn't want to pay a ton of money for Brooke Lopez and maybe they were going to let him walk uh but at the end of the day they were able to keep them but again for more than i think anybody thought going into this thing
1: yeah yeah and i I was nervous too i mean there was a point yeah where okay you know it looked like van vliet was gonna go stay with toronto and all of a sudden you're saying they're gonna have a ton of money that they can potentially give him and there's rumors coming out that you know it started in the in the beginning of the day that they had offered reportedly two for um two for forty you're like, okay, the Bucs can compete with that. Yep. Well, then it starts coming out that, eh, they might actually go higher than that. And then you're starting to be like, oh, crap. Like, if they can go 25, 30, yes. we don't really have a chance. Yep. And so it's not that we don't have a chance. You know, the, the one thing that was keeping me a little bit like, okay, even if even if Van Vliet stays with Toronto, it might be okay, is we can, we can basically give Brook as much as we want, but it would cost us going into the second apron. And I'm like, okay, I just have to trust that they were willing to go into the second apron a little bit, it wouldn't be by a ton. You know, it, we can pay him up to 47 million or something like that. It, they're not going to, he's not going to make anywhere close to that per year. Um. So it's like, I knew it, you know, if, if they're going to go into the second apron, it'd only be by a little bit. And I would hope that they're willing to do that to keep him here. And so that was the one, which is basically what they're going to end up doing. They're going to, and they might not quite go over, but they're going to not be under enough to be able to use that tax pyramid level. And I was like, at, you know, I, I hope that that tax pyramid level is not enough for them to be like, yeah, Brooke, you can leave. We want to be able to stay under the second apron and keep that. So that's what made me somewhat comfortable with it is I'm like, no matter what the Rockets can basically offer, we can compete with it. If we're willing to go into the second apron and I'm hoping right. that we are And it, it sounds like they were, it sounds like they didn't have any big problems giving him that money and, you know, spending up, which I like to hear, but yeah, it did get, it did get definitely a, a little nerve wracking there for, for a second. Just not knowing if Brooke was gonna be back. And I think people need to use this as another example of like keeping your guys. I, I know people wanna trade and people wanna make changes and people wanna upgrade and do all that. But keeping your good players here is a win in itself. And that's something you need to celebrate. It's not something that we're just like, oh okay, they stayed cool. No, they could have left. They could not be here. It it's a it was decently likely that Brooke we, we could be looking at this right now you, saying we don't have what
0: can I just say something I love you but having done the big show for so many years on the radio this just reminds me of Packer fans this is this is Packer fans all over because when NFL free agency would hit and Ted Thompson would do nothing in NFL free agency but We'd extend driver. We'd extend Jordy Nelson. We'd extend our own guys. And then Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler would be like, see, Sparky, that's their free agency. Yes, they didn't get a new guy, but they kept their own guys going forward. And that's how they use free agency versus these other teams. They spend all this money on a guy, uh, and then that guy doesn't work out once he signs. And essentially for the Bucks right now, it's kind of the same thing where, okay, our free agency is keeping our own guys and giving us a chance to kind of go back and compete for another championship versus rolling the dice on somebody else and that you don't know if he's going to fit or not with what you have.
1: But the NBA is different. The NFL, you can lose a guy, you get that money to spend elsewhere. The NBA, True. you don't. That's and that's point. where that's where I'm talking from this. If we were under the cap and we could lose Chris and use $40 million on someone else, I can very much see why people might be like, "Let's t- let's roll the dice, let's do that. But at this point, again, our choices were they stay or they're not here. And people kind of just take them staying for granted as just like, oh, they're running it back. Oh, great. And it's like, well, the other choice was they could leave and we could just be not have them. And we'd all sit there and be like, well, we're not even a title contender anymore. We lost Brooke or we lost Chris. And it's like, one of those is a lot better than the other. I'd rather run it back with a group of good players that we've seen win a title, even if they're not the number one contender, even if they're not getting a ton better from last year or anything like that. I'd rather have that core and have that team than not have it and be looking at it like, Well, we're gonna look a little bit different because we lost Brook Lopez, but we didn't get anything else. Like, you have to be willing to like, because I'm sitting there going, man, everyone's like, it's just funny watching everyone on Twitter worried about Brook Lopez leaving, but then as soon as Brook Lopez signs, it's oh well, we're just running it back, and it's like, but we were just worried about him leaving five minutes ago. We need to celebrate that he's here. Like, we need to celebrate that we got to keep these guys. It's not a given that. Especially in for the Milwaukee Bucks, it's not a given that good players are going to want to stay here, and a guy like Chris Middleton is going to take a pay cut to stay here for this year. Like, there's just a perspective on it that I feel like so many people don't have, and it's like you just there's I'm not saying you have to sit there and root for them to never make change and never make any trades or anything like that, but you have to be happy that these guys are here because they easily could not be.
0: Okay, let's talk about something else. Again, we go back to Brooke Lopez's contract. We go back to what Drew Holiday has left on his contract and Giannis. Right now, this thing is lined up for two years. You have the upcoming season and one more. And then after that, this team could be completely blown up. Completely blown up and completely changed. Because then Middleton, Holiday, Lopez, Giannis, they all could be gone. Um, if they so choose to be gone. Or if the Bucks so choose to be gone as well. That is going to be something to keep an eye on next summer. You know, if they run this thing back this year, Nathan and they fall short in the playoffs again then you have guys with you know one year deals or one year and an option or whatever then maybe you can get into the trading one of these guys to make one last run at it uh, and give you a possible star player to kind of go forward with next summer not this summer
1: I've got a juicy plan I guess not even a plan but a Talk to if you. things so, if things go south next year, if if let's say we don't make it to the because fi- I think if we make the finals and we're competitive and we're you know close to winning the title, I'm not sure they're going to go out and try to trade everyone or trade right. main, the main pieces. You know, you might make small changes, whatever. But if they don't get, let's assume they don't get to the finals, and you're at a point where you're like, okay, we probably don't want to just run it back with this with this team again. Yep. And you know they've had a year with a new coach, and the new coach still couldn't get them over the hump. Or not over the hump. They they did get over the hump, but just couldn't get them back to the, to the to the finals. On draft night next year, they will have two big as you kind of mentioned, they have two big contracts that will be expiring the following year, being Brooke and Drew. Um Brook for 24 million and Drew for about 37, 38. I don't even know how much it is. So you can trade one of those to a team that is bad trying to unload a good player just trying to get an expiring contract back and on draft night they will have three tradable first round picks 2024 which they have but they can't trade right now because they have a it's a swap but you can trade on draft night once we know what pick right. we have so that 2029 which we we can trade right now if we wanted to but i mean right now they're not haven't been looking to trade that a ton and 2031 because now we can trade 7 years out. We like we traded the 2032nd this year, we could trade the 2031 first next year. Um and they could throw in pick swaps too. So, two big expiring contracts, three tradable first round picks. The window is there absolutely next next offseason for them to pivot out like and and this is another thing that I I think people see these contracts happening and they just assume Well, Buck's going to be the exact same for three years, whether they want, like whether things go good or bad, it's just going to be the same team. No, there are avenues to get out. There's always the ability to make trades, but like next year, especially given that they're actually going to have a few assets to, you know, tradable picks to use, um, not to mention like, well, I guess I think Grayson's contract is up next year. So like, he's probably going to be off the books next year. So that'll open up a little bit of space, but um, the avenues are like that avenue is there if things don't work this year, that you can say, and I mean, let's just say, but I don't know. Let's just say at that time that this is just hypothetical. But like, let's say Dame's still in Portland at that time, and they're still trying to trade him at that point. And it's like you could all of a sudden get offer Drew and picks and something else to get Dame, and that's a more enticing offer than what they have right now, which is Drew and one pick right. and really nothing. So it's like. Yep. Okay, then then you start to actually have a package to put together to get one of these guys um, because that, and that Drew contract would be expiring at that point, whereas if Portland took it on this year, they have two years to deal with it, where next year they might be more enticed to say, hey, we'll take on the expiring contract to Drew um, with two or three picks attached. So it could be Dan. It could be any other player that is on a bad team that is available and that team wants expiring contracts and picks, and boom, you have a package there. So um, – that's my thing to keep an eye on a year down the road. If things to go South, obviously if they win, if they, you know, either win the finals or are in the finals or something like that, we're probably going to keep those guys. It's probably going to be just keep, you know, ride it with this crew. But if they don't, the avenues there.
0: Yep. I love it. All right, let's go to topic. Number two, Jay Crowder uh, is back as is Robin Lopez. That news breaking uh, earlier Monday before we are recording this. What is it? Six o'clock here on Monday night. Uh, central time. So let's start first with Jay Crowder. Crowder is back. Now I said before, I'm good with Jay Crowder, not coming back to me. He looked old and slow and I, I understand everybody wanted him to play. Part of this, I think from the Bucks' perspective is you give up all those second round picks and everything else in order to get this done. And did this dance all year trying to get this whole thing figured out to let him leave without ever getting him into the postseason as much as he should have been. And really to see what he's all about would have made you look horrible. Uh, and left a lot of egg on your face for doing that and then not getting anything out of it. So this is a one year dance now that we come up here at Marzion uh, with Jay Crowder. But as far as I know, we still don't numbers, don't still don't know the numbers on Crowder.
1: Yeah, we don't know the exact number. I would guess it's somewhere around the five million ish, more than a minimum, but not quite you know ten million or anything like that. So um, I, I don't mind it. it. We got to a point, and this happened we signed Crowder after we got Lopez. Once Lopez signed, it was kind of a, once that was for 24 million, it was kind of a choice of, okay, we either don't keep Crowder and we keep the TPMLE, which is worth 5 million to use on someone else. That's taxpayer
0: mid-level exception for those of you that don't know his a letter terms. Yes, go ahead.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the $5 million there to use on someone else, or we just use it on Jay Crowder and lose that. So you're kind of essentially asking the question of, is Jay Crowder better than anyone else we can get for $5 million right now? And honestly, it's very reasonable to say, yes, he was like it, just as an, as a player for the bucks and what they need. I'm not sure you're going to go out there for 5 million bucks and find someone that has the, the potential to fit in that role the way Jay Carter does. Now we didn't see it last year. I know that he wasn't very good, but yeah. number one, they gave up five second round picks for him. So I didn't think they were going to want to just hunt that away and just so say, stupid. Yes. yeah, but there is an argument to be made and I'm not necessarily making this argument, but I don't mind it because give him a full year, give him, you know, more time. To, yeah, more time to get acclimated to playing in the NBA again and maybe and with a new coach and everything, maybe it looks different. Maybe he's more useful, maybe we look at it and say, "Okay, he actually is a pretty decent player." And if we can get anything decent out of him, if we can be a in the playoffs, if he can be, you know, give us any type of meaningful minutes, then I'd say it's a better choice than using that 5 million on some outside guy that we're probably going to have no idea if he's going to play. Um, so I didn't mind it. And Once we signed Lopez, I kind of was like, "We we'll probably should just bring back Crowder. I think he's better than any other option that's out there." There wasn't, there really aren't, there there weren't guys out there that you were just like, "We need to go get him. He would be perfect." Doesn't really happen for five million bucks. So um, I don't mind it, and I'm just I want to see how he looks. You know, having the full year.
0: Your point on let's give him more time to get in shape. You know, after not being, I'm not saying he wasn't in shape but maybe not basketball shape. You know, you can work out and, until you puke and do all that other stuff uh, that apparently was going on, but that's not the same thing. Uh, and then getting into a situation with Bud where, for whatever the reason, Bud didn't think uh, he was a fit to play in the playoffs. And as I said then, and I'll say now, I didn't necessarily disagree oh, with oh, Bud wait,
1: hold up, at that hold point up. either. We, we got Malik Beasley.
0: We? Yeah. You and I? We got we Malik Beasley to the box? Yeah. Well, all. Okay, good, good. So what, how did they get Malik Beasley? He's a free agent, I believe, correct?
1: Yeah, one year, $2.7 million.
0: That's cheap. All right, so talk about Malik Beasley and how he fits into what the Bucks are trying to do now. Good job. Yep. Breaking news during Green and growing. Yay, us. Okay, go ahead.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I, I like him. Decent three-point shooter. Um, he's always been an okay, you know, solid defender, kind of a wingish guy. And, I again, for for, for a minimum near guy, all right, I mean, that's about as good as you can do. A guy that can shoot he's a little bit. He's
0: underperformed. Compared to expectations people had from League of Beasley coming into this league, he's not lived up to
1: yeah, it. Yeah, but like last year, 11 points a game, 35% from three and played decent defense. For 2000000 bucks. million, I'll take it.
0: Sure. Yeah, no doubt. So Malik Beasley, an uh, ad. But help me understand what exactly is going on at the guard position right now. So well, how do these guards now line up with Malik Beasley uh, as part of this. Because now you've got Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Beasley, Holiday. Am I missing somebody else at the guard position outside of those four? Oh, on Beauchamp, I guess.
1: He's uh, more of a win. Be,
0: would be your fifth guy, I guess, that could rotate in. But those are essentially your guards at this point. Um, and then the other one that we were going to get to before the Malik Beasley news, Robin Lopez, according to Sham Sharania, uh, back, uh, it looks like, with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, as well. And I was all about Robin Lopez. I've brought it up on this podcast before about why I bring back Robin Lopez to get yourself a backup big uh, with Brooke Lopez. I know he doesn't score a lot of points. I understand that, but he still gives you a big body that you can use as follows. He can rebound the basketball still a little bit. He can provide some type of physical toughness uh, inside. And I think that's something that Adrian Griffin probably wants to really focus on defensively is being more physical than probably they've been uh, in the past. So I, I don't mind the Robin Lopez thing. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Robin Lopez stinks." Why the hell are they bringing Robin Lopez back? I, okay, fine, m- maybe. But he was fine the last time he was here, um, and to get him back into that locker room, I think is a good thing too, from a chemistry standpoint. So I, 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 I'm fine with that. Again, there's no way they paid Robin Lopez a lot of money, so Robin Lopez on a on a vet minimum, more than likely is my guess. That that works out for me just fine.
1: Yep, another guy that you know, I think we needed the depth at the position. I'll take it. There wasn't a ton of options out there that were really going to be much, you know, much better. Um, He's been with these guys. He's going to get along with them very well and everything, obviously, obviously has Brooke on the team, but yeah, I don't, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I, it's funny to me. I just, every time I see Robin Lopez, it's just him and Brooke together. I I just start laughing because I'm like, this is, it's going to be a funny season, but yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. So what's left.
0: So they got league Beasley, they got Robin Lopez, they bring back Crowder, they bring back Middleton, they bring back Brooke Lopez, they got the Lopez brothers back. What's left, Marzion? What What's what's left for the Bucks to do here uh, to get this whole thing uh, set and done? Is it still looking for a forward maybe? Is that still an option? Is it a point guard uh, that they're probably going to need to get here? I would think point guard would make the most sense uh, of what's left. A point guard makes the most sense to probably use some of your money that you have left to go get – To have somebody with drew holiday considering you lost javon carter to the bulls
1: yeah so at this point assuming robin is for like the minimum and beasley's 2.7 million um i mean i I, they really are they have two roster spots left probably given that they're going to sign andre jackson i think they're going to sign chris livingston the second round pick and so at that point that point they're at 13 the would put him at 14 and they'd really only have one spot left.
0: So you have um, one. So you have to it has to be a point guard then, right?
1: Yeah, I would think so. Just a point guard on a in, you know. So that's what that's what it would probably have to be. I'm just looking at this and trying to figure out how I think what the Bucks did, I'm trying to figure out how they can sign Malik Beasley for more than a minimum. And I think I think they they must have given Crowder I don't know. I'm trying to, I, I'm just trying to figure out how they could give him this money, but I guess we'll find that out.
0: So they still have the mid level attack, the mid level exception, right?
1: I would so, think they do because how could they sign him?
0: So couldn't they have split it, Beasley, and then get, be able to get a point guard now to go to the other side of that mid level and split, split it in half almost? Cause you can split that, can't you? I mean, you're the yeah, CBA you, guy far more than I am. So
1: you can, you can split it, but I just don't know how they have it in the first place. Cause if they signed, so if they signed Jay Crowder for let's just say five million, right. and they have two min like, and then they have Robin Lopez on a minimum, and well, I guess they could then just, but they can't. Okay, so to then add two guys in there for five million, yeah, the the Crowder deal would have to be for one, two, three, four, uh, four million bucks. So the Crowder deal for four million. They sign Robin Lopez for a minimum at about two million, and that leaves them with five point something, or that that leaves them with five point something to work with. Right. With two, they could just sign two spots. This might mean that Fanasis isn't back. No chance. I'm serious. This might this might have to. Well, he's not of the league
0: then, because he's not going to go anywhere else.
1: Unless they use, they could use it the rest of it on him.
0: Oh my god. And they wouldn't
1: get anyone else, so because that's the uh, thing. We again,
0: it's not my money, but good God. If they <laughs> are, if
1: they, are, if, they if they are using some of that, I'd have to assume, given that it's more than a minimum. I think it's more than a minimum. Yeah, it is more than a minimum. And hold on, you you talk for a sec while I look up minimum salaries like, because this it is depends the deal. on. The,
0: that's fine. I, I can fill this. No problem with the the, the NASIS thing. This is this is the thing. Okay, at some point. Somebody has to have the conversation with Giannis of, all right, dude, look, this is where we're at. We can bring back your brother. That's cool. But in reality, he's a hustle guy, a cheerleader. That's kind of what he is. Instead of having the hustle guy, the cheerleader, I need a veteran backup point guard for Drew Holiday because I don't really got anybody else. I mean, you can bring up the ball. We don't really want to do that anymore. Milton can bring up the ball. I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't want to play Drew a Holiday a ton of minutes either. I need somebody that can play, I don't know, 12 minutes or so a night uh, at that point guard position. I need that roster spot. I need that money to get a backup point guard. I know the Nassus is your guy and the whole deal and all of that. We've had him here forever for you. you got two years left on your deal. I just need a point guard this year. Are you good? And then we'll see what he says. And then just be straight up honest with him. I mean, it, again, I just don't see them not bringing back the Nassus. I guess I would be shocked because dude's so, not getting a job anywhere else i can't imagine
1: okay so i take it back they they might this might actually be a minimum deal for be- for Beasley because 2.7 technically it would only count as 2 million on the bucks books but at 2.7 would be the minimum i think for a player for his age so, so i think Brooke he is on the minimum. Is a
0: minimum and malik's a minimum then.
1: robins a minimum and, and malik's a minimum no, Brooke, and that that yeah, means Robin, that means they aren't using that tax pyramid level they don't have that they're just signing minimum guys. So they can sign two more minimum guys. They can sign Thanasis and someone else, if, if that's what this is happening. Right.
0: Yeah. That would make more sense. Okay, so now they need a, a backup point guard. I don't even know who's out there necessarily uh, at this point that they could go get. But th- I think that is obviously the next position that they have to consider uh, is a backup point guard for Drew Holiday.
1: The, the dream that I don't think is going to happen, I, don't, I, I just don't see him being on a minimum deal, would be Io DeSumo but I don't see it happening. Um, he's from the bulls. He is kind of like plays. He kind of plays like Javon Carter, but he's bigger, which is what you need, you know? And, I, and they chose I mean, Javon
0: it, Carter over him essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he's younger. He's not quite as proven, but I just, and I don't, he has, doesn't shoot the ball quite as well as Javon, but defensively gives you what Javon kind of gives you of like pressure in a guy and, um, gives you good defense. I liked him when he played at Illinois. He's very young still because he was drafted in 2021. But he's, he's longer. He's a bigger guy. So I, that's, that's who I would want. I think that would be the best case scenario. Other than that, really, yeah, Any just get in any point guard here. Someone that if all else fails, break in case of emergency, you know, boom, you throw this guy out there and they can at least handle the ball, run a little bit of offense.
0: I saw somebody on Twitter joking around. And I'm, I'm going to emphasize this. It was, was a joke that somebody suggested on Twitter. But it got me to thinking, Nathan Marozian. By the way, you can download the Green Growing podcast on your Odyssey app, anywhere uh, you download your favorite podcast, streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Uh, normally Monday and Thursday evenings uh, is when we record this. Would you consider, and I haven't looked at the numbers, holiday for Zach Levine, holiday and picks maybe for Zach Levine?
1: Really quick. I, really quick. I'm sorry. I I'm really – I'm kind of dumb. It does say on Woj's post, one year, $2.7 million minimum. I just kind of read million and minimum and put right. them into one word as million. So it is a minimum, just to be clear. Minimum um, deal
0: for uh, you, easily fine.
1: Yeah, you said and you said Holiday for uh, Levine?
0: Yeah, Holiday and Picks for Levine. Essentially, they have no Lonzo Ball, so they have filed uh, for the 10 point something million dollar, uh, injured player exemption. I don't know if Lonzo Ball is ever going to play again with his back injury um, that he has. So that may be done. So then it would be Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, um, and then Vucevic, who they just paid an obscene amount of money to uh, to bring him back at this point. And it would give them some flexibility because, as we talked about, Holiday essentially is done in two years. The Bucs would get more of a score than what he gives them. The only issue with that, to my point, would be, would be. Who the heck is going to run point guard for this basketball team if they were to do something like that? Obviously Grayson Allen could go to the Bulls. That would be hilarious. I would love that. Um, you know, that that could be something where to get rid of him to let Levine be that guy. They would definitely have to figure out how to get a point guard. Was that something you would consider? I'm just curious. It was a joke on Twitter somebody was making, but it got me thinking that I didn't think it was such a horrible idea.
1: Um, I'd be more interested if we got both Levine and Caruso for like for like Drew and Grayson Grayson. or something like that. Yeah. I don't think I'm not, I'm not really interested if it's like, okay, we're, we're giving up Drew as our best asset and we're getting back Levine as the best asset and nothing much behind that. So, because as you said, it, I know Drew's not really the definition of like a a true point guard, you know, and he hasn't played like that for us. And we kind of want to see him play a little bit more at shooting guard, given that it just seems like it's more of his role, but He can definitely run the offense and stuff, you know, a a good amount. And he's has in the playoffs, he's averaging like nine assists per game. I mean, that's not something Levine's going to do. Right. And I've just never been high, super high on Levine. I know he's kind of smoother player. People like him because he's, you know, I don't know. He just, his game is a little bit prettier. Like people will say he's better than Chris Middleton just because his game is prettier than Chris Middleton's. But I don't think that's the case. Um, And, I don't know. I, I'm never in love with those guys. It was kind of the same with Beal where I was a little hesitant because I'm like, I don't know how much I really like Beal. I know he can do some things that, you know, offensively that like Drew can't, but I'm still not completely sold on how much he really impacts winning. Uh, their defense isn't very good. Obviously Drew's a much better defender than either of those guys. And Levine's played, I think in five playoff games in his career. So how really is supposed to know what he's going to be in the playoffs? We don't. Now, we know Drew's bad offensive in the playoffs, but he at least gives you the defense. But, like, yeah, Levine's not someone you can sit there and and trust in the playoffs because he hasn't really been there. He hasn't been on really many winning teams, which, again, is a reason why I'm like, eh. Like, is he a guy you just throw in there and he makes your team better? I'm not sure, you know, and Drew, to me, is much more of a winning player. I I don't think you get much better making – or I don't know if you get better making this trade. You just get different. And I don't difference. really know if I want that. And, and I don't. I don't, sure. I don't want to just get different. You know, if I'm if I'm trading good players on our team, Drew, Chris, etc., I want to make sure there is something I'm I'm getting that's like a for sure. And at least that's what you like with Beale, I was kind of like, okay, I'm sold that if I if we trade Drew to get Beale, we are getting a much much better offensive player in the playoffs than what Drew's given us. You know, and Levine, yeah, he's probably gonna be better, but I just it. To me, it's like it's not enough to necessarily over over overweigh everything else Drew does, and just I'm not. We haven't seen it from Levine, so that's why I'm just like this. This doesn't seem like something that makes us for sure better. It's just kind of like they're different.
0: He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio over at 1250amthefan.com. Thanks for checking out another edition of Green and Growing. We'll go over more uh, in depth the, the rest of the NBA and what happened. We record again on Thursday night. And between now and Thursday night, who knows? Maybe there'll be some more Bucks news uh, as well as we get past 4th of July and so forth. Enjoy the rest of your day uh, and have a good one. Happy 4th. Toodles.